He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis, Cats at Night. And the number one show at 5 o'clock, well, you have to tune us in to find out what the heck is going on in, in our city, in our country, and we get it first before anybody else in the studio with us. we got two common-sense Democrats. We have Governor Patterson back from his honeymoon vacation. Welcome back, Governor. Well, it was uh, my anniversary. Anniver- well, honeymoon <laughs> anniversary. anniversary. I, did, I didn't want to get married twice. <laughs> okay. And we have Judge Richard Weinberg, two uh, distinguished Democrats, and Lydia Serrani on my right-hand side. Distinguished and independents. We have, yeah. uh, we have a... Great show today. It's uh, uh, Lydia. Well, we're going to be speaking with Charlie Gasparino, James Gagliano. He's a former FBI. John McLaughlin. You know what I'm going to ask him? The 14 FBI agents that are whistleblowers. What's the story there? Exactly. And what is the morale among the FBI agents? And do they agree with the direction the leadership is going? Dr. Peter Mikolos, he's got some breaking news on the medical front. I'll, I'll say two things for and you. John McLaughlin, what the hell's going on with the uh, primaries in New York next week? And and uh, Governor David Patterson made record-breaking uh, uh, news uh, news last week on that. But Dr. Peter Mikolos, two things I'll just say. Uh, nasal spray and Alzheimer's. So that's you want to tune in for that. But right now on the line, we have Peter Schweitzer. Am I saying it right? Okay. Peter Schweitzer, we've had him on before. He's a political consultant. He's also a writer. He's got great books out. His most recent book, Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich, Helping China Win. Welcome back to uh, Cats at Night, Peter Schweitzer. Hey, it's great to be with everybody. Thanks so much for having me. You might have should have, uh, your title should have said, Help it, Helping China Win and America Lose. <laughs> That's exactly right. And unfortunately, there's uh, uh, people on both sides of the aisle, people on Wall Street, and people in Silicon Valley that have made a, a very calculated decision, which is it's good for business for them to be helping China and it's bad for the country. But um, that doesn't seem to bother them. Well, Curtis Sliwa sent me a, an article that uh, Aramco, Saudi Arabia's uh, oil company, made $500 billion. And I said, they're lying. It was at least double that. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably no doubt about that. But, you know, this is a problem that, that, um, that we face, which is that there's a lot of money to be made by doing deals with, um, let's just say, very brutal governments, um, Saudi Arabia being one. Uh, the other one, though, being China. And I would put China in a different category in the sense that, you know, China has They've said global ambitions to supplant the United States. You're not only doing business with a brutal government, you're doing business with a country, a government that wants to surpass the United States and replace us on the global stage. And meanwhile, you had Speaker Pelosi calling China one of the freest societies that she's ever seen. And there's that viral video that came out that they heard that a child may have had COVID and they blocked everybody from coming out of the mall I, I don't understand this kind of mentality where we think that China is our friend. They are our adversary. They have always been our they're, adversary. Listen, they're very smart people, and they want to be number one. And, you know, yeah. we have controls on everything we do. We, they make sure America's left testicle is attached to the right <laughs> ear. And China, China is doing. Ouch. I don't even have testicles. You know, that hurts me. Ouch. China's doing whatever they want. They're opening up, a, what, 150 coal plants? What, what, yeah. what is that? 
I know. And while we're we're abiding by the Paris Accord, and Germany, Germany, uh, all of a sudden they were going to reopen up their coal plants, so they decided to rename their uh, nuclear. nuclear plants green energy, green energy. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this up, Peter Schweitzer. What's your reaction to all of this? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, look, I mean, China has a strategy. They call it elite capture, uh, and it's very smart. I mean, to John's point, they're very brilliant in that elite capture basically says, hey, instead of going toe-to-toe with the United States or with other governments, what we're going to do is we're just going to do commercial deals with their leadership class. doesn't matter if it's a Republican or Democrat. They do it with both sides. And what we're going to do is we're going to co-opt them. We're going to give them sweetheart deals in China. We're going to make them and their families wealthy. Uh, and then they are going to essentially do our bidding. Uh, they don't expect them to, to follow a party line. Um, you know, if you translate from Chinese what they're looking for, they're looking for big help with a little bad mouth. In other words, help us on the big things. We want basically unfettered access to your technology unfettered access to your capital markets on Wall Street, and we want basically no tariffs on goods so we can import goods, subsidize goods into the country. If you give us those things, we don't really care if you say things about, you know, our human rights policy or how we treat the Uyghurs. You're giving us what we want. And, you know, as I highlight in the book and has been discussed, uh, you can find this pattern has been followed with the Biden family, the first family of the United States. It's also been followed on the Republican side with Mitch McConnell's family. Both of those families have become very wealthy, courtesy of deals given by Chinese state-backed companies. Some of those businessmen are directly linked to Chinese intelligence. They give them these sweetheart deals. And lo and behold, if you look at Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden's policies towards China, they fit exactly into the big help with a little bad mouth. Governor Patterson? You know, Peter, I when I came out of office, I've been to China four or five times, and I've worked on a couple of business deals there. And I, I went to an event at the Chinese consulate uh, earlier this year, and I had always kind of understood this, but that night it really hit me. The communist government in China is very low-key. You don't even know that it really exists. And in my opinion, what it does is it allows other Chinese to have these relationships and slowly but surely uh, infiltrating this country, the number, the amount of money that's going to support colleges coming from China in this country has gotten to the point where if a speaker goes to the college and gets up and says anything that's uh, opposite what China feels, the Chinese don't even have to do anything. The administration shuts them down. And it's a so I think that not only are they trying to be number one, John, but I think that they are trying to wipe out. Uh, any any kind of freedom of speech in this country? You know, uh, the governor, we're under attack. Go ahead, go Peter. Ahead. No, exactly, no, exactly. I, the governor, I think you raise a hugely important point here, and that is people will say sometimes, well, why do I care if China's number one as opposed to the United States? It's not going to affect me. And your point is, yes, it is. It's already affecting us. Um, free speech on college campuses, uh, we know that certain speakers aren't allowed to speak there. You have Hong Kong human rights activists that have tried to speak on college campuses. They get shouted down from by students from the mainland. The administration does nothing. And they're pouring, meaning, you know, businessmen linked to the Chinese government are pouring hundreds of millions of dollars into college campuses. And the universities, Governor, they're, they're supposed to, according to the 1965 Education Act, 
they're supposed to be publicly disclosing who is sending them that money. Uh, but an investigation by the Department of Education in 2019 shows they aren't doing that. So that we don't even know where some of the money is coming. And that money comes with strings attached. And it's already affecting the quality of life in this country well, right now. Peter, it's, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. It's even more dangerous than that. Because not only does it affect the quality of life and our own values and how we conduct ourselves in this country, but their aggression overseas. So, for example, building those islands, taking up the water uh, the waterways, yeah. their threats against Taiwan. If you're co-opted on one level, you're going to be co-opted on another. In other words, they're buying off the opposition to their aggressive hegemonic By approach. The way, do you know how much money uh, China contributes to the university? Universities? A lot of money. So the question is, those universities are used to getting those big checks from China, and China, it's, it's the government just pricking money. Of course. Right. And, of course, the, the, the real end game here is that we all have to understand that we think differently than the Chinese do. I, I wonder if Peter will agree with me. We think in terms of five-year business plans and quadrennial elections. They think in terms of 20, 40, 60-year cycles. They have a plan, and President Xi has talked about it, to take over the entire world, as far as they're concerned, by 2049. And yeah. President Xi yeah. has said that at least on two occasions that I've uh, heard uh, seen printed. Yep, yep. No, that you're exactly right. Um, you know, American businesses think in terms of their quarterlies, you know, what they need to share with shareholders, and I understand that. The Chinese economic plan thinks in terms of, of decades. Uh, but also, you're right. Uh, they want their plans uh, for uh, world supremacy over the United States to be accomplished by 2049. That will be the 100th anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic of China. You got it, Peter. (laughs) And Xi's been very, Xi's been very, very clear about how he's going to do it. He's not going to do it by sending aircraft carriers off the Bay of San Francisco. He's going to do it by being able to intimidate the United States, believing that he's going to have economic supremacy. He's going to have technological superiority. And as long as we have some of the best and brightest companies in Silicon Valley, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Google or Microsoft, actively working with the Chinese government, actually financially supporting research laboratories linked to the military that are developing artificial intelligence that's going to be used against us. If we have our best and brightest doing that, we are going to lose this competition, and we've got to be clear about that. Peter Schweitzer, I think one of our only uh, leaders that I know of in in recent history that actually recognized China as a threat, as an adversary, was President Trump. And would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, Trump has changed the conversation about China. If you look where it was in 2016, to where it is now, um, the the confines have changed. And, you know, as I point out in my book, Red Handed, um, you know, I, I obviously call out the people who are bad on both sides. There are some people on both sides of the aisle that are pretty good on China. Donald Trump certainly uh, was very solid on China, changed the conversation. If you look at the Democratic side, you have Senator Warner from Virginia, Senator Coons from Delaware. Um, you know, they're more liberal Democrats, but they recognize the same challenge. And, and my real hope is we've got a lot of disagreement and division in this country. And I understand that, that you know, some of that is, is very substantive. 
But we have got to get our arms around the fact that the differences we have between ourselves in this country are nothing in comparison to what Beijing has planned for us and for the world. So we need to find some partisan, uh, sorry, bipartisan ground upon which we can join together and deal with this threat effectively. Because if we continue to only be at each other's throats and we aren't getting unified in the face of this, we will lose. Now, another person has told me to, to build a highway in China, of course, like 10000 a mile. For us, of course, yeah. a million dollars a mile. And, yeah. and then we have to do environmental impact studies so we never get it built. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is very, very sad what's happening to our country. But listen, uh, Peter Schweitz, I want to say thank you for, for pointing it out and bringing it to everybody's attention because I am scared that the American people are becoming stupider. Right. Is that the way you say it? That they're not aware they're that, ignorant. that, that we are under attack. A, a economic war with the rest of the world. And uh, so far in the, in the last year and a half, America has been losing. The rest of the world has been winning. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Peter Schweitzer. Again, your book is called Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich, Helping China Win. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.